Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how's it going? Good. Nice to have you back on the show. You are now officially at college. Yes, sir. Uh, I am at college, the first show where we're both back at school. But uh, yeah, man, we only got, I believe it's a month from today, which is September 7th. It's about to be September 8th in a minute. A month from today is the first playoff game. Wow. That's exciting. Very, very exciting. We have less than a month left in the regular season. Uh, Every team's got about 25 or so games left and still so much to talk about as these these wild card races are actually turning themselves into very note, noteworthy stories. Uh, and there is not a lot of time left for these teams. No, there's not. Where do we want to begin? Well, I think we should first thank our uh, we should thank LaTerrain.com. Oh my gosh, I am out of practice because I did hear a very interesting story regarding time, and which is La Terrain's specialty the other day. Brandon, are you familiar with the name Al Capone? I am familiar with Al Capone. Well, as we all know, the only thing that could bring down Al Capone was tax evasion, but turns out it must have been a simple misunderstanding. He simply just didn't know what time it was. Brandon, do you ever wonder what time it is? Yes, I do. So did he. And that was why he wasn't able to get his taxes in. It's a shame that the guy had to go down that way. Free Al Capone. He didn't do nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, at LaTerrain.com, you can get an affordable watch that is also very, very stylish. Wow, I'm butchering this ad read. Um, and with promo code MLB Daily, you can save an additional 10% off that watch. I will be ordering my Legacy 2 tomorrow. Brandon, anything got your eye? Yeah, you know, the Legacy 2 is always nice, and I said it on yesterday's show, but LJ, they recently had two of their watches sell out. Uh, the Voyager 1893 collection and the Silk Rose both sold out, so they're a hot commodity right now. And yeah, They're not messing around. You got to get it well. Hot Why not use code? Get them back. Hot off the presses. 
very hot off the presses. Use code MLB daily, get your 10% off. Free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Check them out. That's La Terrain, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com, code MLB daily at checkout. LJ, I think it's safe to say we could start with uh, the Red Sox tonight. Well, not only because you haven't been on the show for the weekend, and I'm interested to hear how you thought the Red Sox played over the weekend, but also you were at the game tonight. So I'll, I'm going to give you about, I don't know, a few minutes here, and I'm just going to I'm just going to sit and, and, and listen. Okay. Well, why don't we start with Sunday because I'll just get all of my anger out of the way for the show in this. Carlos fucking Feeblaze needs to get sent to the sun. I'm sorry, but I, I got we got amazing tickets at a pretty good deal for the first game. Brandon, I sent you the picture of my seats. Um, absolutely fantastic there. Uh, overall, a really good game. Of course, we have Nick Pavetta drop to the COVID IL the day of. We had to trust ourselves with Cutter Crawford. Is that um, 10 guys on the COVID IL for the Red Sox now? Yeah, and it's because every – and I was trying to trying to figure out why it got so bad because it cannot be that scene. Then it dawned on me, we just left Tampa like five days ago. Yeah. Like Florida is a rough – is in rough shape right now, and it just decimated the Red Sox. Um Jeez, this bullpen is brutal. Right? Jeez. Yeah, so we, we start Cutter Crawford, gives up five earned. The next guy brings in – or four earned, gives, next guy gives up two. We're down 6 nothing after three innings. We come back all the way to five, runners on second and third. Bobby Dahlbeck hits a fly ball to left field, left center. So it's like right to the right of the – where all the scores are, the out-of-town scoreboard, mm-hmm. they're maybe three feet into the grass from the warning track is where the guy caught the ball. And the third base coach holds up Ploiecki. <laughs> like, he easily beats him whether the throw is on target or not, which it wasn't, by the way. So the game the game's 6-5. The game stays 6-5 into the ninth. And, frankly, the only way I can justify it is because – the game wasn't tied because they were down. He brought in Valdez, who pitched great the day before. And Valdez gives up five runs, which blows the game. But if that was a tie game, that's a very different situation. So that one's on him. As for overall form for the weekend, look, uh, Monday was a struggle. The four, only four earned runs out of 11 runs is unacceptable. But at the end of the day, I'm seeing a lot of fight in this team, a lot more fight than I'd seen in the last month. It really started to turn around with Chris Sale, that second that second start against the Rangers where he starts throwing, he uh, throws the immaculate inning, gives up the home runs, and then starts blowing, quote, unquote, FU fastballs past guys. Mm. That, that brought the edge back to this team. There's a lot of fight in them. So I'm not really concerned with dropping games to Tampa at this point. Um, as for this game, I have to say, this is the most fun I've ever had at a Red Sox loss in my life. Interesting. Okay. Which I know it, it sounds so wrong, and I shouldn't be saying it. I feel weird saying it, but it was just such a different experience. Brandon, this was my first Bleacher game. Yeah, your seats tonight, let me tell you, the, the 
view that you sent me like when when you like think about like really nice baseball views i mean like it 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 doesn't get much much better than where you are i've i've seen quite a few games from the outfield uh lj the game me and you went to a yankee stadium from the outfield but being in the actual bleachers is something i haven't done have not visited the bleacher creatures at yankee stadium but how is the the bleachers in fnway it's fun and no disrespect meant to the yankees or yankee stadium but I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much there. It's a very different vibe because absolutely no, I agree. Like the bleacher creatures are a bunch of you know mostly working class men, the heart of the city, whereas the majority of the people in the bleachers at Fenway, because Boston is a college town, is just a bunch of college kids. Hey, I love it. That makes it so much fun. It's basically. In many respects, is a um, it's a drinking competition out there all night. <laughs> it, it, it's like a, it's like a uh, student section at a college college game. Oh, that's beautiful! Um, but with all of but with all of these different schools, like the group in front of us was from Suffolk. We had five people here here from LaSalle. There was a couple other groups, and it was just so much fun. Um, in other news, if you're the Irish girl that was sitting in front of me. My DMs are open at LJ underscore VP underscore Lafura. Um, yeah, the one in the red shirt drinking Budweiser all night. Yeah, uh, they're open. Anyway. So um, wait, let me get this straight. You can you can make an announcement here, but you couldn't just tap her on the shoulder and I I, I talked to her in passing a couple times. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. It was our first baseball game. I know odds are there's like a one half percent chance that this ever gets back to her. So uh, I would say less. Than, <laughs> less. Hey, we have a solid viewership. They'll help a boy out. Um, <laughs> but no, as for back to the game, look, the whole game was an interesting vibe to be up there, but the game, of course, really started off rough. Um, Eddie got rocked. Feliz got rocked. They allowed a Peacock got rocked. Peacock is the exact. It's it's it. Uh, I'll leave it there. Yeah, they allowed five home runs in this game. And so the majority of this game was not fun, including Brandon, two to Mike Zanino, Two to Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz hits 30 home runs this year. Wait, LJ, am I seeing this right, though, that Bobby Dahlbeck hit two I'm getting, home I'm getting, runs? I'm getting, I'm getting there. Okay, okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, these late innings come around. They're down at 12 to 1. People are starting to leave. The few of us that are still there are really having a great time. Just, you know, we're like, all right, we're here. We're committed. We love the stadium, love the environment. Let's root for a comeback. I have to take full credit for this. No cap. Granted, there was a lot of empty seats there. The bleachers were largely empty at this point. However, I managed to start three chants in the back two innings that were influential to the rally. Okay. First, I got a throbby D <laughs> chant going right before he hit an absolute piss missile out of the park. How crazy were you going after that? Oh my gosh, it was ama- it was insane. And then little Danny Santana goes yard right after him. 
That must have been like an insane moment to see Danny Santana do something in person on the field. Like, do something other than exist out there? Yes, it was great. It really was. And then, um, yeah, we're all going crazy for that. Meanwhile, um, yeah, Vasquez overall had a great last couple innings. But the main man, the guy I'm so excited to see return, Brandon, Jose Iglesias has returned to the Red Sox. Yeah, you know, I it is a great day. I did not talk about it on any of the shows this weekend, but I certainly saw it and I was like, that's interesting because you know that if I believe I read the rule right, he's not allowed on your playoff roster uh because he signed to the team after August 31st. Uh Brandon we're desperate for middle infielders. Same with Brad Hand, who signed with the Mets. Was it was that right? Did I say was it the Mets who Brad Hand signed for? Because right? talk about just a terrible situation with Brad Hand. Yeah, he's on the Mets. Um, he remember he was like probably the best left-handed bullpen arm on the market this offseason, and Washington signs him. And then they're like, well, wait a minute. We're just going to completely tank our franchise, so we need to trade you. Uh, so we trade him. So they trade him to Toronto. Then Toronto's like, oh, like this guy's not actually that good. We're just going to DFA this guy. Like he's on a one-year contract. Like it doesn't really matter. Like we're going to so, use the money. We have to use the money either way. It's a matter so, of ruining our chances. Right. So then some the Mets are like, well, wait a minute. Why don't we just pick up this guy? And then it's like, oh, he can't be on the playoff roster because, well, you know, I guess for the Mets, it, it, it doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, Brandon, there are only four games out, though, LJ. I want to talk to you about that. The NL East, the Braves are not doing enough to the satisfy me. We're having the funeral tomorrow. All right, what about the Phillies? Are they dead? Because they're only two and a half out. and They're not not dead. Brandon, I believe you tried to call them dead. I I did. Because Joe Girardi forgot how to, you know, that you can call up the bullpen and have pitchers also come in to pitch. I don't know if he knows that, but there's a thing where you pick up the phone, right? And you There's a box with a lot of people standing inside it that all know how to throw the ball really well. And then they'll <laughs> practice throwing a bunch of times. And then you can pick exactly when you want them to come into the game, believe it or not. Uh, um, pretty crazy yeah. idea. Yeah, anyway, so, of course, we're desperate for middle infielders. We're currently, we were currently re- having to put play Taylor Motter. And recently got Cutter Crawford. <laughs> He recently got caught from, I think it was either the Indians or the Twins. Um, I can't even remember. It doesn't matter because they've already DFA'd him. He, he was starting games for this team. They finally decide, okay, we'll just go get Jose Iglesias, throw him at short so Arauz can move over to second. And that makes a lot more sense. Not only is it fun, but anyway, to continue the rally, of course, now we bring into chant number two. Okay. Jose, 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 Jose. Wow. Jose. And doesn't he rip a single into right field? Okay. Then we come around back towards the top of the, or around into the middle of the lineup in 
the following inning in the ninth inning. And I'm like, you know what? Let's go for it again. It worked the first time. We get the throbby D chance going back. And he goes deep with a second piss missile, even more furious than the last. And it was, it was glorious. Yeah. You know, uh, I saw that you guys had him playing a little bit of third base, which he doesn't do very often. No, but you know, honestly, Brendan, you should watch a game. He looks so much better over there. Am I reading this right? That he's played two games shortstop this year. That's brutal. Oh my God. Why would they, why would you guys put yourself through that? A six, four. I mean, I guess six four for a shortstop is not terrible, but I don't know a lot of shortstops that are two hundred and thirty pounds. And I have a feeling you are overplaying this. It was four innings, probably in a blowout where they wanted to get as many rest guys. Fair, fair. No, I don't know. I just saw two games at shortstop, and I was like, oh my god. No, no, no. Well, for starters, I think you need to watch him at third because he came up the whole way, or almost the whole way, basically until his last year in the minors. He was a majority time third baseman. And he is a much better third baseman than he is first baseman. No, I it, believe it. It's clearly his natural position. He looks right there. Um, but no, it was just overall fun. Like, you know, not, not only is it great to see that fight in the team, like the fact that they didn't give up down 11 in the eighth mm. inning and just kept going gives me a lot of strength in the fact that they're going to be able to pull out this wild card race. So I'm not overly concerned about the loss. Certainly an exciting last two innings. Uh, great environment. Great game. Well, all right. Uh, let's talk a little, about, a little bit about a game that's currently going on. Uh, and we are a little bit late to the party as uh, essentially Blake Snell was perfect through six innings. Uh he does end up allowing a hit here in the seventh inning uh, to actually now they're down to nothing. So what happened? I need to look. Joe Adele singled to break up the no hitter and also take the lead to nothing. Is he must have walked? Yeah, he went. Uh, yeah, he has two walks. So those two walks must have been in walk, the second. And then bunt ground out. Fletcher stole third. Then there was a mound visit. Then he got a strikeout, then a walk, then another mound visit, then another stolen base. And then finally, Joe Adele came through with the single. And now the Padres are losing after taking a perfect game through six innings. Oh, you love it. You know, we we really need to talk to uh, Roy and Donovan from, from the Friars on the Farm podcast again, because... They were just so, oh, my God. Like, when the season started, they had such a good April. They were beating the Dodgers, and it was just like, oh, like, this is great. And then oh, since the All-Star break, they have forgot how to play good baseball. Well, Brandon, it's not like they have no hope. Blake Snell's good now. So that's an absolute plus. Is he good if, if, if they lose tonight's game? No, he, he had a now. crazy line. No, he had a crazy line. Seven innings, one hit, because they just took him out. Seven innings, one hit, two earned, 11 strikeouts, two walks. Yes, his last three starts have been very, very good. He's going to take the loss tonight, which sucks. But uh, Well, no, Brandon, I, I, I can argue since the start of August, since the start of August, he hasn't allowed more than three earned. 
Okay. I mean, there's a lot of pitchers I think that fit in that criteria, but that's I'm I'm glad that he's got uh, back for, to that point because it yeah, was for, very bad. For a former Cy Young winner who looks to be the fourth man in this rotation, this is going to be very good going, going forward, especially if he has to become the ace. Brandon, have you taken a look at some of these U Darvish splits? Because they have not been good. Yeah, me and you were talking prior to the show about it. I have not looked exactly. I'm going to look now. Uh, well, I'm pulling it up right now for you to, to live react. I put up game long. Shoot. Um, hold on. I mean, you Darvish on the year has been, oh, wow. You Darvish it's, are you stats on the season are not what I thought they were whatsoever. No, and here here's the breakdown. So he's got a 405 ERA, which seems shocking for you, Darvish. Let's go month by month. Where's the ERA month by month? Okay. In April, he had a 213 ERA. May, 220 ERA. June, 307 ERA. All right, that's still high, but he can still certainly be in the Stion conversation. But it's right? still gone up every month that you mentioned so yeah. far. Yes. Now we take away the sticky stuff. Apparently, you Darvish is one of Spider Tech's sensational friends, or amazing friends, I'm sorry. So all of a sudden, here we come, July, first month without the sticky stuff, 736. August, 632. Oof. And now he starts off September, two and two thirds. And a 16.88 yard rate to start. Oh, that is brutal. And now that I'm looking at some of these, see, this is what I love about baseball savant is that it literally shows you like which which pitches these guys are just not throwing well. I mean, I don't know how often he throws his cutter. Let me see. All right, it says he throws his cutter 37% of the time. I mean, that's pretty high. Uh, in terms, actually, that's a bad example. Where do you find the run value of the – okay, here it is. Let's see what's been going wrong for him this year. Uh, while you're looking for that, in case – Yeah, go ahead. Here, cutter Crawford does throw a cutter. Even though he's a, a hitter. Cutter he's Crawford is oh he's a pitcher. Cutter Crawford. He's the he's the one that they dragged up from Triple A that had no business being there for Pavetta. Okay, that Cutter Crawford, that John Schreiber, that uh, Jack Lopez guy. Okay, got it now. Yeah, no, LJ on his Cutter. Uh, okay, so this is actually not good. Uh, you Darvish, <laughs> LJ, has thrown his Cutter the most out of any pitch according to Baseball Savant, eight hundred fifty-six times this year, right? The opponent batting average on it, and I cannot believe that this is his most thrown pitch because opponents are hitting 331 in 205 plate appearances where that's ended where when he threw that pitch is the last pitch of the plate appearance. I mean, in terms of whiff percentage, it's one of his worst pitches. Strikeout percentage, one of his, it's his by far his worst. Expected batting average, expected slugging, all those stats show that this is his worst pitch. And he throws it more often than anything. I mean, his two-seamer 
has been a lot better, or excuse me, his four-seam fastball has been a lot better than this cutter. Now, look, I know baseball savant doesn't get ex- these exact pitches correct, but maybe he needs to just throw the four-seamer and sinker more and then just don't throw the and, and just kind of like move away from the cutter. Cause we saw like there's a guy like Corbin Burns who literally throws like two pitches. He throws like the same fastball, but he can make it caught. He can make it sink. He can do all that. Instead of just having separate pitches, it's just all the same grip. And to speak on spider tack real quick, you Darvish is still in the 99th percentile for fastball spin rate and 80th percentile for curveball spin rate. So he could very well have been one of the guys who is more so benefiting from the sticky stuff on the grip side more than the spin rate side, because there was guys who were not getting increased spin rate from spider tack, but better grip uh, which I think is an important uh, difference to make because there were certainly guys who were going for spin rate. And there's also guys like I, I, I genuinely, genuinely think Tyler glass now was just using it for grip. And then he ends up getting hurt that next start. Remember, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, real interesting um, with the, the ERA splits. Look, if you want my opinion, which probably no one does on what you drivers should be doing here. I don't think abandoning the cutter is the answer. This largely comes down to particularly Victor Caratini and a lack of creative pitch calling. Because if you look, go into back into his pitch arsenal and you will see out of the 856 cutters, the vast bulk of them have been middle, middle cutters, which I don't know. I mean, again, in some setups, that's certainly the thing to do, especially if it's got a lot of movement, if you can kind of play with it, look like it's going to come out of the zone. But comparatively to any other pitch he's throwing, it's obscenely centralized into that spot. Look, yes, you have to stop throwing it as much, but just get more creative with it. Build to it. I mean, I don't think, after all, he's got what's his – yeah, his velocity, his uh, fastball velocity is sitting 95. That's not bad, but it's not great either. I wouldn't lean on it. But this is a guy with a good six pitches that he can run with, mix it up more, try to get moving different planes and maybe avoid this middle-middle cutter thing. Yeah, well, like, in my whole point was, like, if if this is your most common pitch, like, clearly you feel comfortable throwing Right. I mean, if, if, if a guy like you, Darvish right down the middle every time, well, that's the thing. Like he has so many different pitches he can throw. He's an extremely talented pitcher in LJ. I mean, his expected stats on, on baseball savant tell a completely different story than what his real stats do. I mean, these expected stats, you would think he's been one of the best pitchers in the league this year. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of wreck. You yes, know, I mean, like top 15th percentile and expected ERA, expected Woba, strikeout percentage, expected batting average. He's been, according to, to the batted ball stats, he's been good. He just hasn't been getting exactly the best results, I guess. But uh, we kind of skipped over Wander, which was the big story of the day. I talked about, I talked about Cruz. And we skipped over Wander, but I did get to see. To be fair, 
I've talked about Wander a lot over the weekend because it was just like you haven't talked about him enough. We LJ, we have talked about Wander every show for like the past like three weeks, thirty-seven days. <laughs> Literally. All right. Well, I, if you want to take this away, because this, I mean, he just keeps impressing. All right. Yeah. So he's at thirty-seven games. I mean, that, that that's I, I don't have much past that other than the fact that overall the upload. He went, I want to say, 0 for 4 with a walk in the game. Maybe 1 for 4 with a walk in the game. He was 0 but, for 4 with a walk. I thought so. But plate approach always looks solid. I was also impressed because I don't think I don't think of him that way. I'm not even sure where the stats look for him. But very strong, very confident at shortstop. Yeah. Looked really good defensively there. And I mean that that goes to show. I mean, overall, despite the on-base percentage, his, his slash line right now isn't what you'd normally look at of an MVP caliber guy. But that's because so much of it is coming from his. Actually, no, it's eight twenty-three. All right, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm over exaggerating. But like a, a lot of this value that he's bringing is coming defensively, and it's not being talked about because of how much he's doing on baseball-wise. Yeah. Uh, how his, is he going to outs above average? Yeah, well, that's the thing. He's he's made, like, his first few games, I'd say his first few weeks in the league, he was a liability on, on a defense. He's gotten a lot better, but those first few weeks, I remember reading Rays fans were just like, look, like, we absolutely love this kid, but <laughs> – he is a liability in the field right now. Like he's, I mean, he's 20, like he's literally 20 years old. So, you and know, a lot of, and a lot of that might've come from, you know, playing mostly third base coming when he came right up. Right. I mean, and now they expect him to play second, short and third. Like, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, when he came right up. When oh he came yeah. Up, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Because they wanted walls at short defensively. So it was a lot, it's a lot of moving around, a lot of moving pieces in this offense. But now with Walls gone, with Bruhan gone, there's a lot more freedom for him to kind of take shortstop and make it his own. So it might be even a matter of comfortability at a, at a single position. Uh, LJ, I know that uh, actually, yeah, I'll bring this up because remember when we were looking at what players' 162 game average war is? Because uh, it shows it on, uh, on their uh, baseball reference. Wander is now up to over eight for 162 game pace. Amazing. I think the only guy who has him close is Tatis. Oh, it's the exact same now. Wow. Hold on. I'm going to check. Literally the exact same 8.2 for, for, for both of them. So what that, so what that's saying is that Wander Franco if they if they played right now, 162 games, on average he would most likely, they would most if, likely be just as good as each other. If you took like his stats right now and you extrapolated like his career stats, so that's Tatis's career stats, that's Wander Franco's career stats in the majors, and you extrapolated that over 162 games what would their stats be? And I can give you what Wander's slash line is or what his line would be. 
looking at it from like a straight up standpoint, you're like, okay, like, I don't know how that's eight war, but it's, it's very good. It would be uh, a little under 200 hits, 19 homers, 41 doubles, 11 triples. That's ridiculous. Uh, 99 RBIs, five stolen bases. I'm sure that number is going to come up at some point up. 55 walks to 96 strikeouts would be an incredible, incredible rate to go on for the season for him to strike out less than 100 times. Uh, And then the slash line of 290, 349, 475. That's just what it currently is right now. That's 823 or whatever it is. I mean, really impressive. And he's been really good on on a defense uh, to in the learn has been better than Tatis on, on a defense, according to a baseball reference, but Tatis 162 game numbers are just ridiculous. Uh, 50 home runs, 33 stolen bases, 120 RBIs, 33 doubles, 72 walks to 192 strikeouts and a 974 OPS. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Juan Soto, who uh, I think is gaining a little bit of traction for NL MVP, like second place, third place. Uh, he now leads the league in on base percentage. LJ, I'm not sure if you saw that. He qualifies now. Uh, he is above 440, I think, like just very quietly got above that. Uh, we said that he had a chance to have a 500 on base percentage, and uh, he's trying his best. This is probably his best season that he's had, LJ. Pro, uh, you know, not counting last year, like his best full season. This is definitely Juan Soto's best full season. Oh, yes. I mean, again, some of the stuff for guys, especially developing guys that you saw in the full season in the, or in the shortened season. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun. So winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central simpler communications it's a sign of good things to come but it's not everything look you got to look at it in terms of a process the the majority of guys aren't going to go from a 282 batting average all the way up to a 351 batting average over the course of a year that was a very very good 47 game stretch for juan soto at the plate from a just a purely hits perspective but overall, his ability to walk, his ability to get on base is just as strong, if not stronger right now, than it was last season. So that's absolutely a good sign. Overall, I think the batting average is probably going to still develop. I can see him in the yeah. 300s, three teens for most of his career. What I think is just an amazing stat is that 
he's been intentionally walked the most amount of times in two consecutive years as it stands right now. I mean, he's 22 years old and he's like, I see intentional walks, especially if you lead the league in intentional walks, like that just shows me that teams are scared of you. I think Otani leads the American league. It makes sense. Juan Soto leads the national league. Yes. That makes sense. Like, well, you know, he has the most walks in, uh, I believe, the MLB now. What a special player. <laughs> and, and I hope that the Nats figure something out. I mean, they have a shit ton of money to spend this offseason, and there's no reason why they can't kind of reload. But, yeah. Uh, um, so the other thing, just a reminder, um, Juan Soto over the last two years has more intentional walks than Javi Baez has walks. That's a, that is all. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to start hating on the Mets yet, but if, I mean, if you want to start now, <laughs> you know, let's, let's hold off on hating on the Mets. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about, Oh yeah, we'll just get into it. All right. Jacob DeGrom. Uh, all right, so what they come out today and they say, so, yeah, so you, you know how he's been out this whole time? Well, it, he kind of had a torn UCL, but it's okay. It, it's all good now. It, it, am I getting the story right, LJ? Is there much that I'm missing other than the, oh. the Mets just, they didn't tell anyone he tore his UCL, and now they're saying, oh, yeah, he's good. No, you're not missing anything. and. This is something that it doesn't get talked about how much it happens, I don't think, where teams, if it's, a, if it's an injury a guy can play through, they'll either severely downplay it or they won't mention it. Mm. And so all of a sudden you look at it. I'm not, I shouldn't be speculating. However, based on the amount of trouble he had throughout the year, I have a very strong feeling that the majority of the reason he was starting to get pulled from starts in june and july before going on that long stint at the end of july i have a feeling that that was largely that he was pitching phenomenal through it but that might have been a contributing factor at that point in time so when 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 he came back in july or when he pitched in july i think the first game he had like 14 strikeouts or something and they lost and then that next game, he had, like, 10 strikeouts or something, and they won. And then, like, that was it. But I remember, like, the two starts he made, like, while he didn't allow, like, no earned runs, it might have been, like, two earned runs, three earned runs in both the starts. He was still, like, ridiculously overpowering. Yeah, and, I mean, this is something that happens. I mean, you've got a guy that good who you think can still play at a high level, even if it isn't for the length. I got to go back into his game log so I can find the exact spot I'm talking about. But there is a point in the season where the innings dropped dramatically. Yeah, I mean, really, since he came back when he was back in May. No, I'd say it start. Yeah, it really started in June. That June uh, 16th game against mm. the Cubs where he only pitches three innings. The three were, perfect innings, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot. Uh, there were quite a few games throughout those that May and June where it was clear either by it's clear either by pitch count or just looking at him that he should theoretically 
be able to go more. Like the stuff he was doing out on the mound, not him physically, show, showed like, yeah, you can get another two innings out of this guy and they'd pull him. They were being super conservative like that. I think that might've been them saying, okay, we want you here. We don't need you for, we don't need you to go eight innings each game. If you can just give us four or five dominant innings, that's enough for us. And we're going to be happy with that. But that wasn't enough for his body. No. And (laughs) it must be so tough as a pitcher, especially in his spot where it's like, you know, you go out there and you pitch four innings and you're feeling amazing and you want to keep going. And they're like, okay, like, thanks. Thanks for the four innings. It's like, no, like, what do you mean? I've only thrown 60 pitches. Like, let me go back out there for three more innings. And it's and like, when you try to handle it like that, pitchers are always going to want to stay in the game. And people don't take that aspect into it when like a manager leaves the pitcher out there. And I know I was making fun of Joe Girardi earlier, but some of the cases, I mean, it was like the ninth inning. It's like, all right, Joe. But like when it's the seventh inning and the, and the manager comes out there and the starter, like the starter, if this, if your starter ever like, uh, voluntarily pulls himself out of the game he's not locked in I mean he does not what starter have you ever seen just like not like say yeah yeah I'll come out coach it's all good no like you never see that they always want to stay in the game they're confident in themselves you know so to ask a pitcher to maybe only go four or five innings, especially one of Jacob deGrom's caliber with the way he was pitching to start the year. I mean, it's just completely unreasonable. And he's not even able, he wasn't even able to go and do that. I mean, the Mets did end up, I mean, is it fair to say they handled this in the best way? Because if they went out, if they came out and told us that he had a torn UCL, uh, it would have been a lot bigger of a story than them just kind of sliding it in now. Yes, it would. Or would it be this great story as he goes and mows down batters with his arm hanging on by like a thread? Um, yeah, I, I finally found it. Yeah, starting at that May 9th performance, he didn't go above 90. He went above 90 pitches once. Yeah, that's, that's not good. <laughs> that's, that's weird for a pitcher of his caliber. and. You know, on the uh, how a pitcher feels, I need to say this now before I forget to say it. I've been thinking it for a while. The dumbest thing I've ever seen managers do and do consistently is ask a pitcher how he feels and if he wants to stay in the game. Because if you're asking him, you already have a feeling. you're, You're just being indecisive, which is bad for a manager you're being indecisive and you really want to pull him, but you're too scared to do it. So you're trying to get him to say, I'll come out, which he's never going to do. And so your options are ask him, him say, I feel good. You say, no, you're not. And send him to the bench, which is just going to piss him off and is not going to help your relationship or listen to him, which is usually the mistake by letting him go back out there and Either he'll be mad that you asked him or he won't actually be good and it'll, it'll be a blow up in him. So if I ever see another manager ask that or it's a parent, I, I might scream. 
Well, LJ, let's move on. And let's, uh, I talked about this on yesterday's show. So if you want my thoughts on it, I will not be chiming in on this whatsoever. Just wanted LJ's quick thoughts as this was pretty relevant news. The Braves extended Charlie Morton. I will read the contract once again for LJ. Uh, they announced Monday they have uh, signed right-hander Charlie Morton to a one-year contract worth $20 million. Uh, the Jet Sports client also has a $20 million club option for the 2023 season that does not have a buyout. Uh, I believe Atlanta prior to this contract only had 77 million uh, on their payroll for next year because they have so many free agents that, I mean, this is going to bump that up, but this is a big move that for them to make, especially with Freddie Freeman, Drew Smiley, a lot of these guys hitting free agency to lock up Charlie Morton. Uh, I love the move. And I was LJ, what I said originally, I'm sure you, thinking the same way you just look at all the young young pitchers on this atlanta staff and it can't hurt to have a guy with the, the brain of charlie morton around it, it, it just can't huascar you know ian anderson max freed mike soroka that is already a great group of guys that you're going to have for a number of years from now Anything you're going on top of this is just extra pieces to try to win and just to be better. That's what, that's what Charlie Morton is, and he's a great version of that. You're not, in most perfect worlds, asking Charlie Morton to genuinely be the ace of this rotation. Certainly, as he gets older, you're not doing that. And so what this allows you to do, not only are you using all of this extra room that you're having, and locking up a guy you already know you want to bring back, you're doing it at a price that isn't completely unreasonable, that gives you all of the leverage, all of the flexibility to decide when you're done with him. They're in control of when they are done with Charlie Morton, when his future is no longer with the Atlanta Braves. That seems like a no-brainer to me. He seems like a no-brainer of a type of guy to bring back. Great move. And, you know, I don't mind the price tag on it either, especially when the Braves have so much money to spend. We don't know with what the luxury tax mark is going to be for next year. Braves are kind of maybe getting a head start here. Could, could this be setting the market almost, LJ? Because, you know, we see at Charlie Morton and sure, he's had a great, great year. Don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, what he has done this year is one of the best seasons of his career. I mean, he's at over three war. So he has been just outstanding over a 125 ERA plus. And you're right, LJ, all the young arms up. Uh, the one guy that, that you didn't even bring up there is Tuki Toussaint also, who they have there. Let's not forget about some of their other, uh, you know, these, these hitting prospects that are supposed to be good too. I mean, so this Braves team all around is shaping up to just look like a powerhouse for the next few years in the National League. And having Charlie Morton in that rotation, like you said, LJ, 
is he going to be the best pitcher on the staff? Like, probably not. But, I mean, this year he's been their best pitcher, I would argue. Like, I'd say he's been their best pitcher this year. And he's going to give you the potential to be an ace on a staff that's already pretty deep. And when I'm getting all the veteran leadership that he's going to bring to the starting to the guys in the starting rotation who could actually really use it, I just see no no wrong with this move. I really don't. And to respond one more time to your talk about the market, this is really the only pitcher pitcher extension we've got, like the, in of this situation. I was thinking Wainwright next, like to see what 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 his price would be because they've had a similar season. They're in a similar situation with young pitchers on their team. But I'll tell you though, I don't have an issue with the price tag. Look, you have the money to spend. It's not a lot of guaranteed money because it's only two years and you have control of the second year. You have the money to spend. It's fine to use it on a sub all-star type player like Charlie Morton. But this is setting the market really high, in my opinion. Like, very, very high. Well, the, the thing is, though, LJ, if there's a salary floor, which everyone desperately wants, you're going to get a bunch of stuff like this. So it's just going to be. No, no, I, know. I know, but like I think about the guys like, I mean, maybe he's not the best example the nowadays, but like Kevin Gosman, who, yeah, still 258. It's still ridiculous. At 30 years old, has a 258 ERA, could be very well turning into one of those pitchers that gets really good in their 30s oh no and he's getting a bag this offseason oh my god he's already, he was already planning on getting a bag like we were already expecting him to get a bag now let's try telling you that somebody that is the roughly one and a half times worse than him just got 20 million dollars a year but you're also like at least charlie morton has seasons to build off of he has a third place cy young finish kevin gosman has never even made an all-star game up until this point. He's never even had two consecutive seasons up to this point with over 100 ERA+. plus. At least Charlie Morton has shown a tad bit of consistency, showed that he could pitch in the playoffs for the Astros, showed last year that he was one of the Rays' best, best pitchers, shows this year he's one of the Braves' best pitchers. Kevin Gosman, other than this one season that he had this year, on the qualifying offer where he he proved himself that he is he's good enough he's going to get so much money and with a salary floor he's going to get even more money and you know you're right lj it's i i don't think he's going to get i think he's going to get way overpaid just depends if these teams want to pay him or at some point if, if they have to pay them i mean it's gonna it, it's it's gonna suck if it gets to a point where teams are like well we have to give you an extra three million to meet the salary floor uh that's gonna suck yeah. when stuff like that happens like Honestly, when, when the rays have to do that that's that's gonna that that's when baseball is gonna uh i'm just you know you're you're not well you're not capable of saying that baseball's gonna die are you no, um, I, I'm not. But start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non slip grip dumbbells, and more. 
Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tret Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Look, Kevin Gosman, first off, isn't the entire answer, but I really, it feels like with the CBA stuff, if we get a flurry of different changes, it very well may end up, especially as teams panic about the salary floor, turning into a buyer's market. And not only will that drive the price up, but this still, it, it doesn't matter. We're talking about $20 million for a guy who is playing at, by, by war standards, a sub-all-star sub level. And there are quite a few all-star level pitchers on this team that are younger on this free agent market that are younger, that are going to be going out there and they're going to be saying, I should be making at least more than 20 million a year. And that's a really, that feels like a high spot to start, especially after the last couple off seasons. So it'll, it'll be an interesting market this year. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, LJ, two more things, and then we'll get out of here. First, uh, it is the MLB hall of fame induction, uh, Today, when you guys are listening to it, uh, Derek Jeter will be getting inducted. Hold on, let me pull it up. I believe it's Ted Simmons, Derek Jeter, and Larry Walker who are all getting inducted. Of course, there was no inductees uh, in the 2021 class uh, as, yeah, that was, I remember recording those episodes where we had to, talk about how somehow Andrew Jones and even the non-steroid guys, Andrew Jones, Billy Wagner, those guys, how we had to somehow justify to everyone. Yeah, no, they're not Hall of Fame. But yeah, LJ, I mean, the crowd that's expected in, in Cooperstown for Derek Jeter is they're comparing it to when Cal, Cal Ripken got inducted. Uh I would have to imagine there's going to be a lot more people there than when Cal, Cal Ripken got inducted. And look, I know how popular, well, I don't know exactly how popular Cal, Cal Ripken was because I wasn't alive then, but the Derek Jeter popularity just seems to have superseded whatever that was in my mind. Yeah. I think there are certain guys that if you ask the average fan to write down what you thought his career, their career line was. There's certain guys that have an air about them that significantly overperforms that. And I think that includes Derek Jeter. That's not me trying to say that Jared Jeter is a bad player. I'm not saying that. I'm not making a hot take here, but I'm saying the overall cult following of Jared Jeter, the cult following of the Yankees, built him up from being a great player to a amazing player. Like it, it, it gave him a level up is what I'm trying to say. Not trying to set any bar of where he is, but it gave him a level up. And also having Cooperstown be in the state of New York 
meaning not only are you going to have a lot of Yankees fans in the greater Cooperstown area, but it's a much easier drive for Yankees fans from anywhere in the state than most other fan bases. So that helps this case a lot. I just can't wait to open up Twitter tomorrow and have to see, you know, the same tweet a million times. Oh, he had negative 162 defensive runs saved. Oh, this, oh, that. It's like, all right, like, you know, you can you can search defensive runs saved by season on fan graphs. I suggest that you check out what it was the years the Yankees won the World Series. Uh, you'll be surprised because, you know, a lot of Jeter's, defensive ineptitude came like after he was 35 years old and it's like I, I mean do you want the guy to be Ozzie Smith his entire like his entire career and he had, look I'm all for Jeter was not an insane fielder I, I I completely get that he probably should not have been a five-time gold glover but to just think to like watch the games and then solely base your assessment on his his defense based on one defensive metric, which just helps your case in that point, it is ridiculous to me. I mean, you watch Jeter play. Sure, he didn't have the best range, but he he had a crazy arm, which, I mean, you know, we see the jump throw and everything. People can say whatever they want. I just drove into the stands. Yeah, I, LJ, I'm the first to admit that he caught the ball and jumped. No, I was waiting for someone to, like, start crapping on the uh, flip play against Oakland because uh, apparently somehow that's not impressive to some people. I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I, like, there's people, and I, I find it a lot. It's, it's, look, it's not as much with MLB fans because the MLB isn't as popular among, like, Twitter users as the NBA and NFL are. But the players, like we were just talking about, who's, like, their popularity almost, like, overtakes them as a person, I get if that's, like, what we were trying to meet. People just also, when they're that popular, they find any reason to not like them. Like, they will go to the furthest extreme to not like someone and just make whatever kind of point possible. And, and you know, it just sucks that we see stuff like that with, with Jeter, guys like even David Ortiz, too. I mean, I guess that's what makes the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry so nice that we can still talk crap about each other's all-time greats but I mean look especially because I follow a lot of barstool content I mean they're based in Boston it makes sense why they're going to be hating on Jeter uh you know they they yeah yeah again I don't have any I don't have any major qualms Jeter was a relatively benign presence in my life um so I certainly don't have any but I just find that I find that funny. It was just such, it was such a turning point, a monumental moment. And then you go back and watch it right now, that, that one play, it is so blatant that he had time, time to stop. I find it. I, he I caught find the it ball. And then. The ball and ran into the stance. <laughs> I think it's safe to say he completed a football-like move before <laughs> securing the catch. Is that, is that fair? Yes. 
Was he able to tap the feet in bounds? Um, also, I think J J Jeter is a very interesting case study for why guys get glued to a position or why they shouldn't, I should say, because check out his uh, minor league fielding stats and you'll, and, and you'll wonder why they kept him in the infield. He had 56 errors his first year in the minors. Playing what? Shortstop. But still, I think if you're saying that he, as he got older, struggled more and more with playing shortstop. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Those were his best years. I'm he not, was I'm bad not at saying, the beginning and bad at the end. I'm not saying make him a first baseman, but second base is a lot less pressure than shortstop. And I feel like the only good justification you can have other than roster roster is an exception I'm making, but the only other justification for keeping a guy in a position he's not suited to thrive in when there's a spot that would be better, better that exists is that you didn't want to upset the status quo. You wanted to keep him. He is your shortstop. He can you play. Shortstop. Yeah. Like, that's not a good enough reason. No. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like even like a lot of these uh, defensive stats are like, relatively new right and like they didn't i'm sure back in 2008 2009 like i'm sure they maybe had like an estimate of like what like a defensive run save metric looked like i'm sure teams have been way ahead of the game like prior to fan graphs and that stuff but when when he's getting voted the gold glove like year after year and he's Derek freaking jeter like they're not just gonna he's not one day gonna be like eh, yeah i don't want to be shortstop anymore i mean it seems like the guys that play shortstop for a long time too like they stay at the position their entire career as well but lj uh we talked a lot about Derek jeter should we talk about the other two hall of famers real quick first one being larry walker who lj first of all very happy to see that he made the hall of fame uh I know Foolish Baseball had that video about voting for Larry Walker. Uh, LJ, personally, would, would, would you have voted for Larry Walker? Look, there, there, there's a lot to like looking at it at Larry Walker. I think, I think you, you kind of have to. Yeah. There's just – there is a lot to love. If you look at the – if you look at war, you can – you can convince yourself if you look at his accolades, which hundred percent should be taken into account just as much as a stat like war should be five time, all-star seven time gold Glover and multi-time bat batting champion, seven time gold Glover. And he rarely played over a hundred games after his age, like 30 season, which, you know, when you think about that, it's, it's really impressive. 72 war and he barely played 100 games after the age 30 season. He only played, he didn't even play 2000 career games. I mean, that's crazy. Six, six war averaged over 162 games for just under 2000 games. Yeah, it's, that's all right, LJ. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's incredibly impressive. So, like, yeah, those are largely. Of course, LJ. Of course. Come on now. Nah, I mean those those stats supersede Coors. 
the 178 OPS plus in 1997 isn't affected by cores, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, you know, also the 452 on base percentage, I don't think that, you know, no. 78 walks to 90 strikeouts, I don't think it has to do with cores because th that doesn't involve hitting the ball. So, you know, yeah, no, he's a very happy to see he made the Hall of Fame. He's an absolute Hall of Famer, no doubt. Uh, the last one was Ted Simmons, who was a Veterans Committee vote. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I don't think the Veterans Committee even votes or they vote, but it's like they just pick a player like they come to the choice for to pick a player. Ted Simmons, though, switch hitting catcher, eight time all star, won a silver slugger award. Uh, in terms of war, I mean, for a catcher, he racked up a really good amount, uh, played just under twenty five hundred games, had 50 war. Uh, I think in terms of catchers, you can see on here. He would be like, where's it show? He's like the 11th best best catcher in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's about the where what the average catcher stat line is in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, very very reasonable. Uh, the only thing is he played between 1968 and 1988, so it's like not a lot of people know who Ted Simmons is. I didn't know who he was until. Uh, I was reading and read about this guy, but yeah, uh, uh, I guess I would vote for him if he was on a ballot. Now I really don't know. I mean, it's if for a guy that played that long ago, it's tough to gauge. It's tough to gauge, but look, I think f f fifty war you can't complain with for no. catchers. You cannot complain with that switch hitting catcher, no doubt. Yeah, and he had he had a run where he was really, really solid. I would say that really, really the seventies were his time. That was where he got the bulk of his all star selections and really took off in the middle of that era. 70, uh, 75, 76, 77, 78 were look really, really strong years. Um, Speaking, we were talking about this with Soto, led the majors in intentional walks twice. So that I think his reputation spoke for himself. Yeah, I, absolutely. And uh, that was in back-to-back -back years. And LJ, you look at some of the MVP finishes he had. Uh, 16th, 10th, 14th, 13th, 6th, 9th, 19th. I mean, to have to be in the conversation that many years is – very impressive. And you look at some of these hitting stats, a career 285 hitter across 21 seasons as a catcher. Uh, it's crazy. And then you look at the amount of games that he caught. LJ, listen to this. Like, I would love to see a catcher try to do something like this in today's game. 1973, he played 160 of the 162 games. He caught 152 and then played seven at first base. And then was like, oh, yeah, I'll also play two in the outfield. And then I'll pinch hit for one. So he appeared in every game except for one. Can you imagine catching 152 times? And then the next year, they're like, yeah, we want you to catch 141 games. 
Then the year after that, they want you to catch 154 games. 154 caught games in a season. How many day games after night games do you think that was in there? <laughs> Makes those off-season months all the more precious. Also, as a catcher, he does have to show up earlier to spring training. Br- right, brutal. And, like, <laughs> the catchers prior to the game, like, you see most of the other players, like, they're stretching and doing whatever. The catcher has to be out there with the pitcher throwing <laughs> in the bullpen. I mean, there's just – He's already working. <laughs> uh, yeah, but very cool uh, to see him get in the Hall of Fame. But, uh, yeah, I think that that will wrap up today's show. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, MLB Daily Pod. Uh, use code LaTerrain or use code MLB Daily at LaTerrain.com. Or and, use code Lotterrain at MLBDaily.com. Yeah, sure. The the very new MLBDaily.com. The just oh. created five seconds ago, MLBDaily.com. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.